Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's good, man. It's a good time right now. It's a very good time indeed. You know, <sighs> we've had we've had some good weeks with Fright Fest. We got to see that Tarantino goodness. Um, yeah. And now we're about to talk about one of our most anticipated movies of 2019, um, which the is, of course, the chapter in. two. Yes, I, it's, I just, it's surreal. It's one of those ones very much so like uh, the first It movie where yeah. it, it felt like we were never going to see it. And having now seen it, it's like, wow, that's weird. We've, see, we've seen I it, feel, finally. I, I feel like I need to see it again. Like it's Definitely. one of those that you kind of, similar to the Tarantino movie, where you almost mm. can't absorb it the fully the first time. But we're going to try and talk about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just difficult. Yeah, um, we've only seen it once at this point. <laughs> but it's been, a mad, it's been a mad couple of weeks, really, with Fright Fest and now It and kind of putting out the crazy fright fest shows that we've just put out and um we've had an amazing reception on those which has been awesome yes yeah um, the last few weeks has been awesome for us it, yeah. it kind of reminded us why we do fright fest and it's such an amazing time for us yeah um, definitely you know fright fest is so cool and and then just the the reception of those episodes has been a little bit overwhelming really i think mm. we normally i'm sure you probably got towards the end of the episode some of the feedback and that but just some of the people that sent us messages the seconds the episodes went up, we were getting emails off Sean and Cody and, and Kat messaging kind of long-term listeners, which was amazing. And mm. primarily what I'm most excited for that, you know, the people that listen to our content and enjoy it. But um, so many of the filmmakers reached out to us as well, which was just um, yeah, massive surprise as well. And thanking us. And yet they're the ones that have put out the films <laughs> that we enjoyed. And yeah. So it was a surreal <laughs> couple of weeks and, it's been a good couple of weeks for the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that with the amazing feedback because, yeah, there, there mm. has been a lot. And so I don't want to bog down this whole episode with it. But thank no, you so much if you've sent no, any in the last few weeks. I didn't um, want to either because there's, there's almost too much to go through. And, and yes. you know, Sean in particular, his emails are very much appreciated. And yes. it really does give give me the drive to keep doing this sort of thing, to know that people are out there kind of literally as the episode goes live and they're long episodes and people are just listening to them straight away and it's it's cool man yeah at any time that the feedback isn't obviously read out on air we always read it we always discuss it between the two of us off air mm-hmm. as well um and it's always appreciated so yeah thank definitely. you so much and it's like I, I agree with you the world is definitely overwhelming it's been a weird few weeks um mm-hmm. in an awesome way um and I'm, I'm even more excited now for the coming weeks obviously this week's movie is exciting and we'll kind it's of big one, maybe man. talk about it a little bit at the end but like it seems like it's not letting up at all this year kind of the on-demand releases um in the next not couple of months look crazy um and i already am like eager to do the next few shows you know we already have two three four movies that i just cannot wait yeah. to cover the coolest um, thing about this year's fright fest seems that a lot of the movies have got quick releases mm. you know there are movies that we saw two years ago at fright fest that i don't think have come out yet yeah. um <laughs> but there are a ton that we we kind of made a list of the movies that we didn't get to see at fright fest that we want to see and it seems like a lot of those are becoming available in september october time which is awesome yes <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be covering them in the coming weeks for sure. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, I cannot wait. It's super exciting. But yeah, um, I just wanted to lead with that because it's been an awesome, you know, couple of weeks, and I think we don't often say it on the show. 
Yeah, no, it's the best place to start. Um, obviously, we normally start with the news, and there is only one big news story here, and then a smaller one that happened earlier this day uh, today. Um, obviously, there was earlier some smaller news. We're in, <laughs> we're in the Shire. Yes, um, but yeah, obviously, we had a few weeks off uh, with the fright fest stuff, so there might have been a few small like tidbits of news that we haven't discussed. But I couldn't be bothered to go back and bring them up. Um, Everything's staying out of the way of it right now. Yeah, you know, it's getting um, all the eyeballs on it. But yeah, this first one is very, very interesting and kind of mostly disappointing, unfortunately. Um, and it surrounds the kind of we've talked a lot about Midsummer and mm. the extended director's cut, um, the kind of seemingly notorious director's cut. Um, obviously, it got screened in the US uh, a few weeks back. Um, Just give it to us. And uh, yeah, we do actually, I'll insert some listener feedback here because Sean uh, did actually, uh, thank you very much, Sean, for letting us know. He did check out the director's cut. Um, he, uh, this guy is so lucky. He's got his Rob Zombie <laughs> ticket that was I was oh, very jealous of. I'm so jealous. You know, director's cut of Midsummer. It's just... Yeah, so uh, before time? we obviously get to the news about this, um, he has some thoughts on it. He says uh, he did obviously see it, uh, and he said it's uh, almost in half an hour of new footage added, uh, extended scenes from the theatrical version. There are a bunch of new short connecting scenes as well, um, two of which are critical to the story. All the new footage is of high quality and interesting. Um, you get, I like this part. Uh, you get one scene of horror that is disturbing and that you think, I can't believe Ari is going here, but the next second you think, oh yes, this is Ari Aster, so of course he's going there. <laughs> um, I won't spoil it but it's an effective scene uh yeah i already can't wait to watch that um and he says the other is a scene between danny and christian that is so important i can't believe it's not in the theatrical cut uh yeah. it, it demonstrates insights into both christian's motivations and danny's awareness that makes the entire way you read the film different in to the theatrical release which is something um, we spoke about their relationship and especially mm. his mindset on the relationship so i i'd love to see the scene because it just seems like it's really what we were talking about what we were missing yeah, for sure. Um, he goes on to say, I would wait for the director's cut of the film to be released and purchase that instead, you know, talking about the Blu-rays. Um, he said he originally thought Midsummer was an 8.5 out of 10, but the, the director's cut is, is a 9 out of 10 um, and is nice. a must-buy. Um, and yeah, getting into the news story now, this is so unfortunate because obviously we talked about this, the the kind of the Blu-ray release, um, which is on October 8th, ahead of the, uh, or after the digital release on September 24th. Um, of course, these dates are all US only and don't <laughs> think that they're elsewhere because God knows. No. Um, but, uh, yeah. And we kind of knew that the, the Blu-ray in particular, we discussed on the news a few weeks ago is very bare bones, no commentary, no director's cut and barely any feature ads. Um, mm. What has since transpired in the last week or so is that there will be a home video release of the director's cut exclusive to Apple TV. Um, mm. So only on the iTunes store, if you obviously rent or purchase it, it says your purchase of Midsummer comes with Ari Aster's extended and unrated director's cut exclusive to Apple TV. Um, so the glassing is an extra. So you basically, if you buy or rent it on the iTunes store, not only do you just get the theatrical version, but as an extra, you get the you know the full director's cut. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just uh, this bums me out on so many levels. I think first and foremost, I'm disappointed because this is one of my favorite movies of 2019. Um, I wanted to buy the Blu-ray and support them immediately, and I definitely want to rewatch it before year end. Um, mm. I absolutely want to watch the director's cut next time I watch this movie. You know, I don't really want to watch the theatrical version for the second time, knowing yeah. this is out there. Um, and so now it's a case of, well, I'm not buying the Blu-ray. Do I wait and rent this version at some point? Do I hope that a, you know, director's cut actually comes out on Blu-ray at some point with, 
perhaps you know i'd like to see a director's commentary on the director's car mm-hmm. um and so i hate that all this murky it because clearly this yeah. wasn't ari's intention you know this is distributors and production companies and i imagine that it's... obviously the blu-ray deal got signed and then apple yeah. was saying well have you guys got anything exclusive that we can have so we can promote your movie and they're like well here's this director's cut that's just sitting on the shelf right now why don't you throw that on there and it's just a shame it's difficult really but it ultimately is probably going to make me double dip to be honest really what do you so do you still want to buy the blu-ray yeah well no not not the i i genuinely believe that the director's cut will come out on blu-ray one day you know but not uh, straight away. but it just depends on how far down the line that is and that's why mm. they'll get the eventual double dip off me because i'm not one for digital but i'm gonna have to get this from the apple store now like right, an yeah. extra half an hour of this movie like i need to see that before year end yeah um so i'm gonna have to rent that <clears throat> or buy it and yeah. then the the day that that director's cut which i'm sure is fantastic comes out on blu-ray i'm gonna want to own that so mm. i feel like they've they've got me to double dip which is what they want with this and that's true and, and it's it's done the job it's I'm, I'm annoyed but i'm i'm annoyed handing over my money <laughs> you know so yeah i think i'm with you where like they've absolutely made me not want to buy the blu-ray but then i'm with you like i'm gonna watch this movie before year end um so in the next three months if the extended cut doesn't come out on blu-ray i'm gonna have to rent it um so it's as simple as that really obviously this is out in a couple of weeks so it'll be out there online for people to watch and it's just a shame that you can't get Mm. it on a disc you know on a blu-ray disc so I don't know. It, it is a shame, but it doesn't detract away from how amazing. Yeah, at least it's is. coming out as well. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm not as negative as I'm not as negative as you on it because at least now I know I can see this version in a month or so. Yeah, and I'm like, in, it's in kind weeks. of a shame. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a shame that that isn't going to sit on my shelf. But yeah. one day it will, and I'm quite excited that I get to see this soon because there wasn't a date before. Yeah, and that's I really a good way of looking this. at it. I, so I, I appreciate your positive outlook on this. <laughs> I'm feeling um, good, man. I'm feeling I am good. Still, I'm still you know? sorry about this from the Blu-ray perspective. We we big up Arrow a lot, and, and because <clears throat> rightly so, they get their Blu-rays right, and this is a case where they got the Blu-ray completely Those right. has been shipped today. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. I keep so forgetting excited. about that, man. I'm so I can't excited. Um, part two, but, by the way. Part two. Yes, the best one. What that's it's right. all about. that. That's right. Quote me on that. Um, Come at us yeah. with crazy. <laughs> the uh, and the second news story, a very small news story, in fact, is but it's very interesting. Actually, is a kind of shadow drop out of nowhere from Shudder. Mm. Um, we knew that Tigers are not afraid. They'd kind of acquired earlier this year mm. after a fairly uh, big bidding war because this was obviously a very much a uh, indie darling festival on the festival darling, scene, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was at Fright Fest twice, got a huge reception. It was one that people like Del Toro have been huge supporters of this movie. Um, and it is, in fact, coming out on Shudder across US, Canada, and the UK. What? Um, this Thursday, September 12th. Um, so, yeah, probably by the time you're listening to this show, um, it, is, uh, it is live and ready to go. Um, and it's weird to think that this movie's finally out after, I, I think know. it came out like Fright Fest 2017, potentially. If um, only we didn't have a million awesome movies to review. I know. <laughs> it's a good, obviously a good problem to have considering our pre-Fright Fest. Yeah, pre-Fight. I, I, I do appreciate people that have been listening to us the last few weeks and like, wow, these guys are in a bad place and how buzzing we are right now. It's good. Yeah. It's good to be back. 
It's awesome. But yeah, this, this is definitely on my list of a lot of different movies that are coming out in the next couple of weeks that I cannot wait to see because, yeah, the hype was through the roof for this one. So, yeah, yeah. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, we will oh, definitely yeah. be discussing this in the coming weeks. Um, and then, yeah, before we move on to it, chapter two, we have a very substantial hype train update. I was going to say, um, I thought you'd forgotten all about this. I no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of came out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, because I can't even find any proper press releases or anything um we have confirmation or not a confirmation that's not the word we have no confirmation (laughs) we there is a listing um of a uk only blu-ray release for free from hell um yes i believe that i'm dreaming right now saying those words uk blu-ray for free from hell but it is in fact true when is this dated well it's a mere month away for october 14th hell yes so yeah, if this um, might that might be the day. That might be the day of all days. Mark it in your calendar. I do not believe this is going to happen. <laughs> I I pre-order a lot of things off Amazon mm. and I have never pre-ordered something that looked more fake in my entire life on Amazon. <laughs> There's no picture. It's twelve pounds. It makes no <laughs> is sense. It? Yes. Wow. <laughs> like this is not a Blu-ray that exists. Mm. would be coming out like when i when i pre-ordered my crazy one cut of the dead and it was like 26 quid and i was like yeah this is real <laughs> like this is i this think is not the real. uh house that jack built was a really good one as well <clears throat> yeah that was the one where it was like 22 quid or something and i was like yeah mm. i'm definitely i'm definitely gonna get this for an extraordinary <laughs> amount of money but like yeah i'm not i'm not getting three from hell in a month for 12 pounds it's not happening mm. um but i do love <laughs> it and i love that it's been reported nowhere it was cat wasn't it was it cat I can't oh, remember. There, there's a couple of people. I think Sean did say it in one of his emails oh, as well. Um, yeah, a couple of people did, did, didn't they? And I was, just I, like, I was doing some real. some sleuthing, and it what well, it was about. I also noticed that it has been rated by the BBFC, which mm. of course is the the ratings board in the UK. Um, always interesting to look on there. They do have little spoiler tags, um, and so I did have a look at it, and um, there was definitely some stuff in there that I shouldn't mm. have looked at. Um, oh no! But no, not nothing too major because obviously they're mostly describing the violence, so it's just kind of like describing specific kills right. and obviously i do consider that a spoiler and i, I wish i didn't yeah. know it and i won't be saying it on hair on hair of course um but uh, the most notable thing of course is the runtime because i haven't mm. seen the runtime anywhere um and the runtime is on there uh for 111 minutes um which is rob's longest film um obviously outside of his Sorry. the animated movie um kind of all of his movies except for house of a thousand corpses which is only 89 minutes they're all between sort of 102 and 110 um obviously his last two movies 31 and lords of salem which i do think both feel a bit too long were 102 and 101 mm. um obviously halloween has a lot going on multiple different time periods that's only 109 um devil's rejects is only two minutes shorter than that um so it's only really house of a thousand corpses is the one that really stands out like 20 minutes shorter um mm. I'm curious, you know, do you, do you think we can pull anything from that? Do you think it's going to be a bloated movie? Do you think it's going to be maybe too long? Or is there going to be enough going on that it'll earn that runtime? I really don't think we can speculate at this point with Rob. Yeah. And what, you know, this sort of movie, we've been waiting for it long enough that I'm mm. happy that it's as long as possible. I think I'd be more disappointed if it was like, this is 72 minutes. Like, yeah. I want this to be an event. Um, but yeah, I, I am also worried because, yeah, certainly um, 31 did have, you know, it did have its cut issues. And I think it should have been cut to a more, you know, I love that movie. And I think it could have been truly special with a bit of a better cut. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I, I definitely looking at his last two movies where <clears throat> how long yeah. they are, this being longer and those two yeah. movies feel long. Um, and comparing that to, of course, Halloween and Devils, where I think there's going to be potentially a lot more, especially Halloween, which I think had so much going on. And oh, the fact yeah, that Halloween that movie had such enough. a jump. I mean, it depends with this, really, because, it, you know, it depends on how long the three are in prison and how mm. long until they escape. Is it almost going to be two movies? Mm. Um, but we'll see about that. I guess as well, like... Um, I haven't seen any updates recently. I did just have a little look. Because um, did you see the news about Sid Haig? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, so I was curious people... if there was an update or anything. Yeah, there is nothing that I can see right now. He's um, So if people aren't aware that he was... I don't know what the accident was. He just no, I didn't in, see it specified. Involved in a serious accident, and he's in the ICU. And um, that, that sucks. And, like, yeah. just hope that it's not as serious as it sounds and that he's back on his feet soon and... You know, we are just a week away from yeah. the, um, from the premiere. US premiere and um, be awesome if we got some news for that. I mean, it sounds like he's probably not going to be there, but um, mm. fingers crossed that, you know, he we get some news on his recovery before then. Because, uh, yeah, that, that was really sad when I saw that. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope that even by the time people listen to this, there is a, a positive mm. update because the last few days have, have been searched. quiet since it happened. I, yeah, I have just searched while you were talking and kind of nothing has come out as far as I can see, just doing a quick Twitter search. So Yeah, but obviously our, our thoughts are with Sid, Sid, Sid and his family right now. And I really, like I say, we just hope for the best because I don't want this film to be kind of known for that as, you know, if it, if it was the, the worst. But um, yeah thoughts are with you said of course um but yeah should, should we move on to this week's film let's do it let's talk about it chapter two Oh man, where where to begin with this little movie? I was thinking that I don't even know where do you begin. Well, I think a nice. Up? I was going to say I think a nice place to start, in case people don't know, if you're a relatively new listener to the show. Yeah. Um, obviously we covered it, uh, the first movie in back we in did. 2017. Feels like a long, long time ago, right now. It does. Um, and we liked it quite a bit, didn't we? It was our <laughs> movie the of the year. It was a very contentious one, a very, I would say, jam-packed year for horror 2017. I, oh, I love our list, um, an yeah. incredible top 10. And uh, yeah, it was the best of the of the best, you know, it was our yeah. number one movie. And I mean, where can you go if you're already number one? It's hard, right? Um, it's, it's hard, man. It's already hard to follow up such a, you know, commercial box <clears throat> office success. I might actually have a look quickly while we're... I mean, we're I feel like the pressure was more on them for that than our... Best nah, I think they were more thinking how are they gonna <laughs> how are they gonna retain their title, you know? But you know, I appreciate where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean and obviously we're huge fans of the story. Um I've I read the book post kind of it, chapter one, I guess, to refer mm-hmm. to it now. I would like it if they did retcon it as well in future releases. I think yeah, it would look I feel like they should. Up um that's how i'm going to refer to it but yeah obviously i, I read the book post then obviously we've both seen the uh, original you know tv uh, movie slash miniseries um and yeah we're huge fans of obviously yeah. all this stuff um, well i would say that you know obviously we're huge ha- fans of stephen king and especially mm. in recent years the amount of his films that have come out recently that we've loved but in the past you know i would say that it 
that you know the the Tim Curry it movie was one of the ones we gravitated to most of his mm. movies from back in the day and I don't really know why whether it just came out at a good time or whether it was just the fact that we had it when we were young but like we loved that movie and yeah well it of... definitely came out when we were growing up in the 90s yeah. and I think that definitely had a massive um yeah you know was a reason for that because it was obviously based upon a clown terrifying children and so as kids in yeah. the 90s that was perfect for us yeah um, so it's always been a bit of a special kind of king you know franchise for us anyway mm. um but i guess kind of obviously if you don't know what this movie is then it's going to be a slog to listen to this whole podcast i think you should yeah let's just assume that people know what this but, is <laughs> um, you know we we are basically joining our characters um after the events of the first film and it is now 27 years later um and um, as we know from the first movie, um, Pennywise kind of attacks every 27 years. It's never really explained the relevance of that number. Is, mm. is it, you know, why 27 years? No, I you can't know? remember if it's um, in the book. But there's a lot of stuff to do with it that is very unexplained. And, pro- yeah. and some of it is good and some of it is yeah. like, oh, I kind of would like a bit more to be filled <clears throat> yeah. in there. Um, and um, basically we are rejoined, we're, we're reintroduced to the Losers Club. Um, all now as adults, um, exceptionally cast. Um, we, we'll get to that obviously when we talk about it. But um, and we basically, Mike has stayed um, in Derry, and everyone else has left. And um, Pennywise has returned as expected. And um, the promise that the the Losers Club made at the end of the first movie. Um, Mike is basically calling in that promise and asking them all to return. Mm. Um, and they've all basically, there's almost, I don't really know. It's a, not a curse. It's kind of, there's, there's power that's over them whilst they're in Derry. And when mm. they, as each of them have left Derry, they have all basically forgotten their childhood. They've forgotten the promise. They've forgotten what's happened with Pennywise and they've all gone on to live normal lives just completely thoughtless of what happened and mike's phone call has kind of triggered this memory and the they all come back to Derry, and a lot of the film is them actually kind of rediscovering these memories in the form of flashbacks where we get to see our great young cast from the first movie again and it is kind of uh, the, the the movie is the losers club reforming rediscovering their bond and then mm. ultimately facing Pen- pennywise for a final showdown yeah hell yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i guess people might be able to tell already but i'm i'm just fucking pumped about this film like this movie is a long ass movie and we'll get into the wrong time but like what what an experience it was like yeah. i really don't know whether i've felt anything like this in horror in the cinema before um the the scale and the spectacle of it and the payoff um you know this movie is fantastic we we will get into that side of things but the actual just scale and scope and balls of this movie to be as in your face and mainstream but also horror and awesome and just kind of it really is the full package and um, they really seem to be, um, you know, I, I'm sure we spoke about it in our first review, but the, the parallels between what they've tried to do with uh, this two movie franchise to what kind mm. of Marvel are doing, 
I, I honestly felt at the end of this movie, this is no spoilers, um, that there was going to be some sort of like stinger for the next franchise or something, <laughs> you know, I, I honestly did. Like I, it just felt like they are building this world and, and it really isn't. It is just this one franchise that is these two chapters, but it's just to such a scale that I haven't known before, which I just think is incredible. Yeah. Th- this felt like a shift watching this movie. It felt like, oh, okay, mm. this is what horror could be in an alternate universe. And I think that for us as horror fans, it, this is a really interesting one. And we might have a slightly different perspective to some other people because we obviously love horror. Um, we cover it every week for the show. But I think that we, a lot of horror fans, pr- only like horror or only like you know the smaller releases we as we are just film lovers first and foremost so we watch huge movies we watch mission impossible we watch the marvel movies and all that stuff and to me they've very much felt like these two segregated parts of my film going experiences and what i like from different films whereas this for the first time felt like everything was merging together where i was like wow i'm seeing a huge budget huge budget movie on a big Mm. screen on a friday night to a packed cinema with loads of different famous faces showing up in this movie providing you with one of the greatest casts the genre has ever seen yeah um, and it's a horror film everything about this is horror this isn't thriller drama any of those other stupid words that people try and make up because they're mm. afraid to say horror this is a horror film it has horrible things in it you know yeah. without getting into spoilers but there is some very gruesome deaths in this movie that you yeah. don't see coming um there is a lot of tension there's a lot of scary moments and but it also feels like it's on this big epic scale that i don't think we've ever seen before um no so i think you know we we have seen it twice this year in terms of scale because i think like we to see films like midsummer and get um us felt Mm. like that a bit but like this in terms of scale i'm not into i'm not talking in terms of the quality of the movie or anything like that but the scale just blows that out of the water those two films with the cast and everything else and like you say it is just this weird thing for a us in particular where we do love the both sides and i didn't think they'd blend together and just seeing this pack cinema on a friday night was just weird that they're going to go see it and i was just like do Mm. they know that they're never about to sit here for three hours and see a clown terrorize people like it was it was interesting um but all of that aside the movie needed to pay off we Mm. knew that we had an awesome cast um but can these guys deliver? Are they believable as the adult characters that we fell in love with in the first one? Will the um, child actors from the first film be able to deliver again in a more truncated, um, you know, uh, they're only having flashbacks and that sort of mm. thing and all of, all of these things, you know, and there are the odd things that I have to critique, which we'll get onto. But they're just completely outweighed by the positives and even things that would probably gripe me more normally. I just give a bit of a pass to because it's just such an experience and I had a great time watching it. I think, um, you know, and I think the reason is that we've spoke about it a lot on the show and the reason why films get high on our lists are strong character performances and strong writing and I think this mm. movie has both of those, um, in, in yeah. particular, the acting, you know, um, we know that McAvoy is phenomenal. You know, we've seen him already in, in glass earlier in the year. And like, he is just exactly what you wanted him to be in this movie. He is so believable as Bill. Jessica Chastain is unbelievable as Beverly. 
and kind of you know Bill Hader as Richie are the kind of three kind of you know those three are just absolutely phenomenal but obviously oh, it's the embarrassment you know, of riches this cast when you look at it and you're yeah. like those are definitely the free standards i think first yeah. and foremost overall they're all exceptional oh they um, are. like eddie is just he he made me like eddie way more than i've ever liked eddie through the yeah, books and through previous right. adaptations and part one i loved this version of eddie um and all of the other characters and obviously those three i mean bill hader when, when he was first cast i was like okay you know i like bill and he's a funny guy he's not a guy that i've massively gravitated towards because i wondered if he would be able to do the drama aspect i was i was disappointed when he was cast you know and i was completely wrong yeah uh, for me it wasn't that it was just a case of well i know that that richie has to be funny and i know that bill will be funny so that was never a concern for me but my concern was whether he'd have the acting chops to deliver a dramatic performance and clearly i must have been living under a rock because he can absolutely deliver i think i think it's though and i think it's can't be understated that that needs to work so well because we knew he could deliver the comedy but does he feel like a comedy character not part of the group yeah and he's just there for one-liners but he 100 percent felt core to the group mm. and the riff and the relationship that he has with the other characters those one-liners work in the context of the losers club and everything else and it was just yeah it blended perfectly because it could have been super awkward and in fact kind of looking back i think it's more awkward as richie as a child than richie as an adult i think it blends better definitely um, so it just shows what a phenomenal performance bill hader did in this um oh, the, the the cast like overall obviously looking at the both two movies i mean like it genuinely can't be understated how incredible they are overall mm. i think that it's the best cast we've ever seen for like a franchise you know in these two different parts we have these dual roles where they have to be as kids and as adults and i think that the fact that every single person is amazing is ridiculous to me but like definitely the two standouts would be sophia lillis as young beverly and then bill hader as older Richie I think that those yeah. two are like 10 out of 10 wouldn't change a second of their performances in both mm. movies um but then almost don't want to single them out like they deserve it because they are no, incredible no, but everyone is amazing yeah every everyone is given an A game and they're just they're just kind of got the edge because like I almost couldn't believe how coming out of it I was like oh yeah McAvoy was also brilliant because he's yeah. like one that obviously I mean I loved him so much in yeah, class it's, it's and I'm a huge fan of them an actor so yeah. even coming out of this i was like oh yeah he was also brilliant and i'm not surprised by that because i know how amazing he is but it was like wow that really showed you know how much like the guy who played eddie I w we should know his name i should look it up because i thought he yeah. was amazing adult it's eddie. um uh james ranson right yeah he was so good mm -hmm. i think all of them um obviously um you get reintroduced to the losers club and mm. every single one of them felt perfect it, like right from the word go apart from ben which is exactly how you're meant to feel yeah um because i literally was looking at them all and i was like i this could not be better and then i looked at ben and i was like what the hell and then like literally bill hader is just like or eddie of uh, richie sorry is just like pointing at him i was like that's that's Ben, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's perfect. Like, even that's perfect. <laughs> even when I thought they got it wrong, they got it right. And you kind of, as as the movie goes on, you get back into that Ben, Beverly, Bill um, triangle mm. that I didn't think would work as adults, but it really does. And like, yeah. it's funny how the ben, Ben's character regresses and Bill's character comes forward as they get back to Derry. 
Whereas initially, you know, Ben was so successful and so forward when he first joined. And um, yeah. I think that's the part that I enjoyed the most. Like, we haven't even gotten to the horror part of this yet. But, um, <laughs> There's a like, lot to unpack in this movie. Should we just say as well, movie. like, I guess, we, I guess we've already made it clear before we get into specifics. But, like, overall, I love this movie and I completely agree with what you said earlier. And this is my biggest takeaway is that, yes, this movie has its problems. I don't give a damn about the problems of this movie. No. And you can call me biased, but I'm not being biased. There's a reason why the problems of this movie don't bother me like a lot of other movies is because we've not seen a single movie for this podcast that aims for the heights that this movie's trying to achieve. And the fact yeah. that it pretty much hits nine out of ten yeah. of those major this, beats. This is movie is looking at every other movie that's come out in 2019 and it is trying to match it in terms of box office success. Yeah. Which we do not see horror movies with the level of balls for that. Um, you know, uh, and it's a sequel. It, we, we've obviously part, talked about that a little bit on the show. But is like, sequels have been awful for us, haven't they? Definitely. We've seen so many sequels that just have not delivered. Yeah. I mean, we saw Happy Death Day a month mm-hmm. after it, chapter one. And, you know, Happy Death Day to you is a massive disappointment for us. You know, yep. and, um, but I think... Um, yeah, the uh, the Losers Club, when we're first introduced to him, it it was done so clever that these group of th- these group of adults do not know each other. They have drifted apart and have not been in touch for maybe 20 plus years. And they were all strangers and we needed them to become cohesive and the Losers Club by the end of the movie. And I really wasn't sure how they were going to pull that off. Um and the movie does such a clever job of, as they're unraveling their childhood and remembering their past, they build that connection again. And it isn't like this on-screen moment where they suddenly like high-five. They just become more cohesive as a group. And you see that relationship. You see the recognition between Bev and Bill and Ben. You know, Richie starts to play more of his character. And they kind of revert back to what they were like as children in such a clever, subtle way. But then by the end of the movie, when we get to the Pennywise kind of <laughs> the horror part of this conversation, mm-hmm. um, they are the losers club that they were originally. And I, I fucking love that so much because I really feel like that relationship, I didn't want them as adults just to be playing what they were as kids and trying to have that. And I didn't want them to try and build something else. I didn't know what they what I wanted and what I wanted was what they gave me. Mm. Um, and so I thought that was fantastic. Um, and something that really could have gone wrong. Um, there are so many things with this movie that could have gone wrong in, in those respects that went right. Um, obviously we haven't even spoke about Pennywise yet. I think, um, the, it's obviously we're not gonna be talking spoilers at all. There's, um, well, I think we should, but not now. <laughs> no. But we will thing, we will later in the conversation. The thing that I found with any of these movies, when you've got a group of you know, I'm talking chapter one here. Mm-hmm. Um, you got this group of children. When we watched rewatching chapter one, which I rewatched before um, watching chapter two, I really didn't get the sense of threat for the the children. I always felt like he was teasing them, but they never felt massively in danger until they went into the house. And then the, the scene in the house, they felt in danger where um, mm. uh, Eddie break, breaks his arm. And uh, But up until that point, I really didn't feel it. This movie 
has a fantastic opening scene um, and uh, we're talking kind of Pennywise scenes and then kind of um, a couple of pivotal moments that really does then make you have a sense of danger. I, you know, coming into this where we've got all of these stellar actors, they've all survived the first movie. I'm thinking to myself, am I just going to feel safe watching them? But I don't. The second those couple of things happen, I really have a sense of danger for the characters. And also the fact that um, Pennywise isn't really hunting the Losers Club. He is just back out on the hunt. Mm -hmm. So in this movie, we get um, Pennywise just just stalking other children in Derry. And every time one of those things happened, I was just like, the second we just saw a kid and they hadn't, and it wasn't a flashback, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is not going to end well. I was <laughs> like, this is, this is going to be nasty. And like, it really did give me that sense of foreboding every time something like that happened, which was, was an elevation from the first movie, which was awesome. Yeah, I think for me, that was one of my favorite things that I think that I have to give credit to the director, Andy, on, because I think this was clearly an intention of his, that Mm. I agree with you, the first movie did feel rather safe outside of the opening kind of scene, and Mm. especially even knowing just a little about the story, obviously I hadn't read the whole book at that point, but you kind of know, like, okay, they're going to come back 27 years later, so obviously you can't die, because then you can't come back. Um, Whereas with this movie, because they come back, I think immediately that makes everyone feel a bit more kind of dispensable from that sense um but then also i agree with you he does a great job of whilst he's reintroducing the losers club whilst he's showing their interactions individually yeah, as, as a collective killing people. <laughs> yeah he's he's added a bunch of new interesting scenes that were never in any of the source material which just work fantastically you know it puts over pennywise even more it makes him feel like a threat it doesn't make it seem like he's just absent from the movie like oh you know he's just twiddling his thumbs waiting until they're all back together so we can then have the big fight at the end you know it's not mm. that like he's he's a threat throughout the movie and this was a long movie and so it needed that because if you went an hour like these movies could easily do this where this movie's like two hours and 40 minutes outside of kind of the intro there could easily be like a middle hour stretch of this movie where there's no horror and this movie doesn't do that it feels like at least every 20 minutes you're getting a a very cool set piece and there are so many like i've definitely i can't wait to rewatch it because i feel like i've forgotten half of the amazing set pieces there were because there's so many and it really does feel like you know the first movie was missing that a bit because re-watching it the scenes kind of in the library with with ben and um with eddie when he's at, at the um uh, uh the picture and all of that stuff like all of that yeah. stuff um it's not is that eddie that's not eddie is it uh, stanley's has Stanley, the picture sorry the picture yeah Eddie's um, is like outside the house yeah all of them were you know they were quite flat and um Whereas with yeah, this, like Beverly's was like by far the best one. Oh, Beverly's was the standout, yeah. And whereas this, they all have um, uh, basically Mike has kind of said to them that they each need to personally rediscover their childhood memories of that summer and what happens. Mm-hmm. And so we get to see that in flashbacks. Each one of their encounters with it during that time is more interesting, I think. And then the fact that then we get. Um, these kills that just come into it that are just awesome and i think um it's just so much more brutal throughout and like you say it just helps with the pacing a lot more um i think um you know it it um that the one thing that i 
was aware of with the because I think it's important to mention it is that in the first movie and in, and in this one as well, the over reliance on CG I think is um, frustrating, mm. um, and it is more frustrating in the first half of this movie than the second half, which is good. Um, I think the use the, the use is still there, but I think it blends better. Um, some of the uses of CG with Pennywise I did find a little bit disappointing, where. There are a couple of times where his face is just kind of moving and stuff, and it is creepy, but it's Skarsgård in the Pennywise makeup, and that guy can morph his own face enough. Do you know what I mean? I don't need the CG side of it. And so I I was, you know, that is my biggest disappointment of the two movies as a whole, is that the over-reliance on CG as opposed to practical um yeah i completely agree and that goes in with the scars guard thing doesn't it where you've got this amazing actor who's doing one of the great all-time horror performances but looking back now having seen the two movies i definitely go man i really wanted more like and that's obviously a good problem to have you'd rather than Mm. like man i saw way too much of that guy what he wasn't that great but like you see these interviews with bill and he pulls this face with no makeup or cgi that is probably more scary than a lot of stuff they show in the movie um and that's a real shame because you go man i I really Really would love to see this guy get to just dive into this character head first a bit more um and and let them have more trust because i think that was a major issue we had with chapter one where there was like especially those early interactions with pennywise there was a lot of just booger 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 running at the camera cgi yeah. um and i definitely think that this movie improved upon that definitely, it definitely slowed down a bit and had it a bit felt more less just... conjuring but you know yeah. insidious you like and there to say, is, jump it, scares but yeah it, it still, still was there. an over-reliance on cgi yeah, it's still there, but it's not as bad. And I think that when they do use the CGI, they definitely use it better in this movie than they did in the previous one. So from that aspect, yeah. I have to give him credit because he's clearly learned from the last movie. Mm. But I still think he should have gone a little bit further. And obviously, it's tempting because, as we've discussed, this movie feels massive. I think that this movie would never have been on this scale if it weren't for the success of the first movie. I think yeah. that it's easy to forget that... Didn't that movie make like $900 million? Yeah, it almost it's, hit a bill, didn't it? It's crazy for a horror movie to do that and so of course that's why you can afford the cast that's why you can afford the cg and that's why you can afford 50 different crazy horror set pieces you know with practical sets and cgi that they use once for two minute segments and then they move on and i was like man i loved how many different locations that they kept putting pennywise in in this movie that was something that obviously i think the first movie felt very limited it was like here's the sewer and here's these like five other locations whereas this movie feels like it covered the entire town of because pennywise is always in a dark place in the first movie in a small location it's bill's basement it's the library basement you know Mm. and Whereas in this one, he takes over like um, outside in the wide open and there's there's just like this giant open space and he has a giant set piece there. And I think it's yeah. awesome that they could do that. Um, I think um, I can't not mention it any longer that this this movie, and I, I'm sure I said it with the first one, this feels 80% a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Um it's what I've always wanted from a Nightmare on Elm Street movie um, in terms of... Could you imagine the... if a Nightmare on Elm Street movie had this budget? <laughs> I know. I know, man. Just don't. They tease me enough with, this with amount the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 well. like, cinema thing there. I'm just like, oh... <laughs> come on new line just give it to me yeah because... the director's not afraid to kind of put it out there to the yeah. world you know yeah, this is his like, audition yeah, he's, he's screaming like, from the hills he's like, please give me freddy <laughs> and i'm like you can have freddy if you cast richard that's all i ask <laughs> but um it really is because 
the, we have these characters even more so in this movie where, you know, um, Ben will be kind of thinking about what happened in that summer and suddenly Pennywise is on him. And it's it's almost like that kind of click to go and sleep and suddenly the whole world around him has been taken over by Pennywise. And that's kind of why I give the CG a bit of a pass, a pass because we're not in the real world at this point. We are in Pennywise's world and he is just creating crazy shit because he's trying to invoke fear into these mm. adults. And um, so that's why everything is out of this world and his face is doing these things and everything else. But it... It's just the Nightmare on Elm Street that I've always wanted. The thing that I, the only thing that I took as a positive from the remake was how they kind of used the sleep and that these characters didn't need to have this whole scene of them kind of nodding off and that sort of thing. It is almost like a close your eyes for a second and you have that, I can't think what dumb term they use now, but it's it was like, like micro napping or something. Micro napping or some yeah. dumb shit. But I actually kind of like that because I, I yeah. really like the idea of every time a character blinks, you feel like they could be in Freddy's world. And it was like that in this movie where I was like, suddenly, you know, a character is wandering down the street and everyone around them is looking a bit off. And you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. You're like, they're in, they're in Penny world right now. <laughs> Pennywise's mm. world. And then like, you just see fucked up stuff slowly start to happen. You're like, yeah, they're not in the real world. And they're really, in this movie, it felt more so that there is this, Pennywise underworld that he creates in in the characters' heads when he's trying to torment them, um, and it's part of the reason why he's not just killing them because he needs to get their fear levels to that point, and you kind of feel that a lot. And obviously, mm. you understand that from the first movie, um, so they can just use that a lot more in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think. How do you feel about the flashbacks in this um, movie? Because obviously, we spoke about a lot about the adult cast and how much we like those, but we were giant fans of the cast in the original movie and we get to see them a lot again in this one. Yeah, I liked a lot of it. I think that initially the first couple of scenes when they're all together, I wasn't a fan of. I thought I, I was just got to the point in the movie where I was so enamored with the adult cast that I kind of didn't need a reminder of the young cast that I loved from two years ago. I was, I'd kind of moved on and was ready for these guys to be the main stars. And so when the movie shows a flashback, which very it slows the movie down a lot as well, this, this very long scene, um, I didn't like that. But then when we get to the smaller flashbacks later on in the movie that do serve more of a purpose to the story and are very quick and to the point i loved all of them yeah they were all incredible i agree with you that actually some of those interactions with it as a child were actually better than what we saw in the first movie um couple that with the fact of all the new stuff you get in this one but yeah that initial scene for me i didn't i didn't like it but outside of that like because that was the only time where i felt like oh they don't trust their adult cast but their adult cast is amazing um mm. and obviously it was this was talked about post the first movie because and even we've discussed it i i've said it loads on this show i had a lot of trepidation going into this movie but, but mostly before seeing the trailers because they kind yeah. of won me over but i'd said like this is by far the worst part of the story you know someone yeah. who's read the book and seen the previous adaptations it's nowhere near as interesting when they're adults than when they're children um and they overcame that barrier because yeah. they and i think it, it was more the, the, the you know the two things the flashbacks and the pennywise tearing up shit in between like yeah. that made this so good because if it was if it was just each character kind of looking to find their past it would have been less exciting i think i don't disagree with anything you've said there really apart from i i did i i still enjoyed that opening scene um i think because 
the losers club at that point had just reunited and they felt very disjointed and it was nice to go back and see how they were young and almost post it was post it and it was them kind of as they were then branching off and i enjoyed seeing it and i i, I just i mean to be honest i just love seeing everything to do with them together yeah, yeah when they're young when they're adults and so i just loved it all um but the the scenes when they're standalone with it were way stronger definitely um obviously there's been a lot of talk about the digital de-aging of the young mm -hmm. actors prior to this yeah. movie coming out um i want to get your take on this but for me personally i don't think it was that much of an issue i think it's slightly jarring um but my main issue was with the voices which really sounded off to me um you could tell that they'd put some sort of you know digital synthesizer or whatever on the voices to make them sound younger um and again only in that first flashback scene did i think this was a major issue when they're talking together because they're you know they're talking loud they're talking over each other i just don't think it worked very well um but when they were on their own i didn't have a problem with it but what what was your take because i feel like See, yours was slightly different to a lot of people well, I didn't really um, know about it going in. Do you, do you um, think? Okay, so, so so you didn't know about it prior to seeing the movie. No. So did you notice it in the movie? Not really. No. no. So yeah. I guess that's, I, it worked then. <laughs> yeah, like I very, stayed very quiet media wise the second people started to see the movie because I just didn't want that. So mm. I was unaware of this kind of storm and. I was very interested how they had approached this because obviously we know that these characters have grown up. Um, we've seen Finn in Stranger Things and he is much <laughs> older now. And he's I was like, Jesus, like, yeah, he's, he's a basketball player now. Like, what are we <laughs> going to do? And um, so I could see that it felt a little bit off, but it felt right. And the voices was the, the biggest part of it. But it was very minor, and I think they did an exquisite job of making them look the way they needed to look for this film without it being overbearing and, and looking off. And so for me, it worked perfectly. Like, I came out of that movie still... I wonder how they 100% did this. Like, had they filmed it back in the day, or have yeah. they tried to make them look younger? And then when you said, I was like, oh, okay, well, they did a great job of that. So yeah, it really <laughs> was not jarring for me at all. There's one scene that I'm really curious to look at because um, I won't say what the scene is, but for people that have the It Chapter 1 Blu-ray, there's a deleted scene on that that is right. now in this movie. I don't know if you're aware of what the scene was. No. Um, well, we'll go into spoilers shortly and then I'll bring it up again because mm. I, thought, I did think that was interesting. But before we do, I, I wanted to say um, that the ending for me wasn't great. It was good. Um, mm. I liked it. And, and when I'm talking about the ending, obviously, without going into specifics, I am talking about the kind of the final confrontation because that's not yeah. spoilers. Of course, there's going to be a confrontation. Yeah. Um, that, I'm not talking about after that because I thought they did an amazing job of kind of tying it all oh, together. The actual at the end. last few minutes of this movie was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but but the the that it confrontation it's it's a funny. I didn't one hate it. It just not, wasn't great. Yeah, not going into spoilers though. Like I've seen people online um, basically say like, don't really remember how the book ended, and like yeah. I don't really remember how the Tim Curry film ended. I and don't. At all. <laughs> you yeah, you've seen but you've read and seen that, and mm -hmm. you don't remember. So I can't really fault them for it. Stephen King just can't write endings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is a, which is a thread what a hot this take movie. in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think 
that's probably I get that, but I also it. wish that Andy would have come up with a more memorable ending for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, um I get yeah, like it was fine. It it served its purpose. Um, it just wasn't like I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And I guess the other aspect of it before we go into spoilers, but there is a big storyline in this movie. is It's hard to talk about. We'll, we'll definitely talk about it in spoilers, but there is a big thread, a big kind of plot line, which is yeah. just I didn't like at all. I thought it was a giant waste of time. Um, visually was was the least interesting thing going on. I thought that it was a shame the character that they involved in it because it ultimately made him the least interesting character in the movie as well. Mm. Um, we need to yeah, touch we'll on that because that is my biggest disappointment with the film side of it. Yeah. But and this is definitely the part where they could have easily cut twenty minutes out of this just movie before because of we this go plot to. Plot recommendations and then spoilers mm. obviously it chapter one our movie of the year 2017 mm. how, how chapter one or chapter two oh man i really don't know like because the thing is we can't bring up the whole it's the number one movie of the year because no, I, I feel like obviously uh, 2017 was an incredible year but 2019 has spoke to me on a level that i didn't think it ever would and no. has been some of I'm the not, best movies I'm not, ranking, I've seen in years. I'm not ranking chapter two for 2019 yet but yeah like this like i i can't choose between the two of them now like because i need to see chapter two more but i honestly yes. think when all said and done i'm gonna probably like chapter two more yeah um, it's gonna be interesting we've only seen it once i yeah. what i will say is i think it's a worthy sequel in every sense of yeah. the word any any fears that i had about this being the least interesting part of the story like they nailed it and yeah. so for that aspect as a film i probably have to give them more credit because they made the worst half of the book as interesting as the better half of the book yeah um and so that i have to give him massive credit for mm. um and so yeah from that aspect it's very like i say we've only seen it once of course but this yeah, movie they're... is genuinely funny it made me yeah. actually laugh out loud in the cinema which i do very rarely uh mm -hmm. multiple times and like i say we're we're not just horror goers we go see comedies and everything and yeah i i'm not one to laugh in the cinema out loud and this movie made me do it in a, in a good way you know yeah that doesn't detract from the horror which no. is a very difficult thing to do they, they they put the laughs in there for a reason and there's only a couple of scenes where the horror is the funny part which i didn't like i thought mm. that was a weird choice intentionally yeah. but outside of that all the, the comedy worked for me and then the definitely. horror which was separate worked entirely like there was moments where i definitely was gripping my seat there was a couple of times where i was like jaw dropped because of what happened and there was definitely yeah. a couple of moments where i actually had a bit of a flinch going yeah. because of what i saw on screen so i have to give it credit for that as well yeah i almost um, reacted a few times <laughs> <laughs> which is rare for us numb that go to the yeah, I was gonna say because we're like here to see horror movies. Yeah, like we, we're we the saw boring 10 movies in two days. Like we want to have that fear, but yeah. it's just you, you see so many movies, it gets brought out of you. There's only so many times you can watch an insidious movie at the cinema <laughs> until a loud noise and a, and a thing in your face just doesn't react anymore. Like, yeah, I, I get more of a... <laughs> if in real life I ever have a situation like that because I just won't react to it. I'll be like, yeah, what? <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I get more of a kick out of obviously this was being like a general movie going audience and I was definitely glancing like to to the left of me to see some people's reactions and it was great to see people literally squirming in their seat, yeah. you know, pulling their t-shirt over the face because they couldn't look at it. Like everyone was yeah. so into this movie in the crowd that we saw it. Definitely. Um but yeah, obviously recommendations. Well, would you recommend people check this one out? Yeah, when it comes out on demands like <laughs> throw it on while you're doing your ironing or something like no, I mean, you you got to go see this movie. It's fantastic. Like, you will not see a movie like this at the cinema to this horror movie to this scale. So uh, unlike our normal recommendations, go see this in a packed cinema. 
Like, yeah. go have a fun time. Like, I normally yeah, want to just sit there in the cinema on my own and watch it, but no, yeah. go to a full cinema. Have a good time. No, I definitely think that was that was the way to go. Yeah. If yeah. if you've been living under a rock for some reason, you haven't seen chapter one, my recommendation for this movie is go watch chapter one and then go see this on the biggest load of screen possible. Um yeah. and then go see it again because you'll probably like it even more. It I can't wait to see face. it again. Um yeah, two thumbs up for me. Any sort of nervousness I had before this, completely, you know, thrown out the window. Smash they they pretty it. much delivered on everything, you know, outside of a few small things here and there. Um mm-hmm. but we can get into more specifics now because we're gonna talk spoilers. So mm-hmm. hopefully you've seen it chapter two at this point. If not, stop listening because I don't want to spoil this movie for you if you haven't seen it. Definitely um, not. But I'm yeah, probably not I want to th- be going too heavy into spoilers. No. There's just the odd thing really. I just wanted to call out the fact that Stephen King is in this movie and it puts such a smile on my face. Oh, I genuinely incredible. love this scene and it really made me want more. I'm going to say cameos. Now, this wasn't a cameo. He is a character in this movie. Yeah, he's acting multiple lines. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, and he's great. He's awesome. But I would love to see, you know, in like Doctor Sleep and all these myriad of, yeah, of his adaptations, just throw the King cameo in there. It's awesome to see. It really was like that Stanley moment where it just put a smile on my face seeing the guy who, without him, none of this would have happened we're like at this point the guy is the king right like yeah um in terms of just horror you know obviously he's not a filmmaker but his his horror no one has, has contributed more yeah, to horror in the exactly. history of the world <laughs> you know like his output is just outrageous but then now the quality of his horror that has gone onto the big screen as well is just like out of this world you know and we're there's only more to come yes just, like we awesome. we got a snippet of the trailer for dr sleep sort of as we were walking in oh, i can't and... mate i can't oh, like i'm too I'm excited, so excited about that movie like i know i'm honestly, so worried like, i see that trailer and then he shit my pants with excitement <laughs> i'm just like i want it so bad honestly like, like, i don't know about it Cast, I didn't think I could be the... more excited for a movie than I was for us. And I still think that was my number one for this year. But yeah. my God, just hearing this movie and knowing it's a sequel to one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And it's made by the best the guy man. around right now. It's just, it's ticking every boxes. I am genuinely oh. so excited for Dr. Sleep. I can't, um, man. I can't. Like, I'm too, I'm too <laughs> pumped. Like... Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I genuinely, I just have hundred. He's one of those guys now where you just know, like Flanagan cannot make anything that's anything less than a masterpiece. Yeah, I have. That's the problem. Like with this movie, I had serious hype, and when we spoke about it last week, and you asked me at my hype levels, but there was, yeah. in in all seriousness, there was a bit of trepidation because you're not one hundred percent. But I'm, I have no fears with Doctor Sleep. I should do yeah. because it's a. Uh, it's, <laughs> you uh, would discuss it. <laughs> you know, I've read the book. It's a. Uh, it's one hell of an ambitious project to get that on screen. He's, you know, the, the, you know, we'll, we'll review this movie at some point, but you know, the film <laughs> that, you know, shining versus the book, it's, it's one hell of a cast, but this guy's going to smash it. He's yeah, going to smash it. Sure. I believe in him. But anyway, Definitely. spoilers. Yeah, bring it back to this. Bring um, it back to yeah, Obviously I loved the Stephen King. This other movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, I, it just got a kick out of it. It, it yeah. arrived at the perfect time when we were then slowly settling yeah. down in Derry again. Yeah. I love that interaction. The fact um, that it was with McAvoy just works yeah. so well. Um, I really yeah, want to focus. It was focus. a great moment. 
focus on the intro of this movie because um yeah. outside of the actual intro which this movie starts with kind of we see beverly floating when she saw the deadlights in it chapter mm-hmm. one we then see kind of the hand cutting scene and then yeah. we get to 27 years later and i get why the movie has to do that for the general sort of film going audience but i would have loved if the second we see this movie is at the fair with the yeah. couple yeah. um because this is easily one of my favorite parts of the book it's incredibly well done in the film and i would have liked to have seen a bit more with those characters before and after obviously yeah. i think if we'd have spent a good five minutes with these characters before we get this horrific attack i think it would have been even more impactful for audiences and would have been like a real sickening you know kick to the teeth way to start this movie which it was anyway but to have more time with them and then also post it because there's a lot of stuff in the book which um you know i love the fact that we got to see this for the first time on the on the big screen because it's such a pivotal part of the book yeah. but there is a lot more that he didn't pull which he could have done and so again that is a it's a good problem to have that i wanted more of what they showed me um, i feel like but... there's more there's more films like we uh, future releases we might see more of this in particular there, well there has already all... been talks of a pennywise prequel right because it's like this movie's making so much money. Are they yeah. really going to stop? Oh, I'm just two? talking about like on the Blu-ray, like the, the right. More yeah. Scenes well, do you reckon if they in. actually filmed it or anything? Yeah, I feel like they might have done because I feel like there's a bigger cut of this movie out there. They've already spoke about that, <laughs> haven't they? That it came in longer. Much Seems longer. like most movies these days. Um, yeah. And so, and I feel like this is something that they, you know, they've got this crazy pool of world-class actors as the losers club young and old so if they're going to cut something it's going to be these new characters that no one has a relationship with unless you've read the book so obviously Um, this scene you didn't know about this scene did you um i no but i i've read i've read like a chunk of the book oh yeah you did read the start of it didn't you yeah because it is at the start of the book so i am familiar with it a bit but not fully but yeah um i have to say though um second i had absorbed chapter two i'm listening to the audiobook i'm on it yeah <laughs> 40, 45 hours I'll, I'll get through it in a year that'll be good it's a good it'll yeah. be a good time like it just keeps it going for me so like yeah that's my life right now listening to the audiobook whenever i can it's that was awesome. definitely it was definitely a big positive for me because there are a few other scenes i want to talk about that it was great to see adapted obviously for the first time because they weren't in the tv movie yeah. and this was just a really good one and i think that one of the main aspects def- probably my favorite aspect of the book which has never been touched upon in the movies is the concept of it as this kind of disease that has infected dairy um mm. because obviously it's a lot easier to portray on screen just here you are a monster and you're terrorizing people exactly and that's obviously what everyone comes to see is pennywise but i think that a great job that steven did with the original book was it as this just being that has kind of attached itself to dairy and will never leave and just makes everyone infected with its disease and so mm. we get to see a little bit of that with this opening scene and obviously you get to see it with the first movie as well um when bowers isn't being directly controlled controlled by um pennywise i think the best scene in the first film regarding this is when they are torturing ben and they write his net the name in his stomach um we see the cargo pass yeah and we see the red balloons yeah. in the back and that's just kind of a little yeah. thing to be like his uh, influence is just creating this horrible stuff that's and he's also kind of blocking it from the outside world because yeah. that car doesn't really see what's actually happening or, yeah. or want to step in so it's kind of like everyone's infected with this disease and i love that aspect of the book and so seeing that i do wish that he had maybe touched upon that a bit more but i also get that that's he's juggling a lot of plates there and that's another yeah. very difficult element to add but the, the times he did do it most notably this opening scene where pennywise 
otherwise it's pretty much just a passenger you know yeah. or a you know pedestrian someone who's watching it um i just thought this scene was incredible um and then yeah seeing kind brutal of the, ending though as well like yeah i didn't i didn't think penny wise was gonna fuck him up like that no it's it's a crazy scene for sure Mm. but yeah that was awesome kind of the the scene from the trailer which was obviously used a lot is incredible in the movie it's a shame that they kind of shoo a lot of that in the trailer it's it's Um, weird though because it's almost like the most hype bring back of you know that reveal that um scene in the trailer was like what gave me the confidence that this film was going to smash it and then this scene in the movie was just phenomenal um, yeah and it was it was still elevated like there was a it was definitely the best of that the trailer gave you know um but the, but to see the full scene play out was just awesome and everyone at the cinema was just absolutely buzzing through this entire scene it was great yeah it was incredible it was, it was definitely like the the parts that they got right um mm. and obviously we touched upon it I before think... and then non-spoilers but the, mm. the big giant sort of waste of time in this movie yeah is this whole again i don't remember this from the book but i could be wrong this whole plot line about mike who thinks he's discovered a way to kill it or at least initially is what he's telling everyone with this whole like ritual Mm. thing and we get this weird drug trip that i didn't like the look of at all and goes on for way too long and just all of this stuff it sounds so convoluted and bullshit the way he explains it and then ultimately it actually is completely convoluted Mm. and bullshit so it it was a complete waste of time anyway but it wasn't interesting in the moment i was like this sucks i wish they would have cut this i i actually yeah i actually hated that and it it just shows that i don't really think of it because the rest of the film was so good but anything that was in and even at the end when the payoff was like ben had like uh, um not ben mike had scribbled out like the um parts of the um drawings on the weird little fucking leather pouch thing that he was carrying around and like to show that it had all gone wrong in the past, he just like scribbled those out so they couldn't see it. And then he was like, mm. "Well, I just thought it'd be fine this time, guys." I'm like, "Really, dickhead?" Like, yeah. I just, I really just felt like the whole thing was a waste of time, and yeah, it was completely unnecessary because all that needed to happen was Mike needed to call him up and be like, "You made the promise. You need to come back. We need to fight Pennywise again." And like they come back and they're like, what's the plan? And he's like, us together as, as a team, like we beat him before and our friendship, the losers club will do it again. And that's all that was needed. Like they're, them having that belief. Yeah. Um, I guess it just meant that they rediscovered it at the end instead of like rediscovering it through the whole movie. But we all knew that was where it was going. Like yeah, they're not sure. going to just, they're not just going to do this weird tribal thing and that anyone could do basically that has a pot. Like, yeah it's it's the their bond that that is the driving force of why pennywise that can't defeat them um yeah it was a weird choice and i feel like it makes mike be the worst character across the two movies which is such a shame i think he's done he's been done dirty the most out of the the kind of the characters from the book because in chapter one his entire story was moved across to ben obviously ben was the bookworm in chapter one he was the guy hanging out in the library and learning about the history of Derry, which is what mike was in the book and then they kind of completely wreck on that in this chapter because mike's suddenly the guy who's living in the library who knows everything about books and that that didn't make sense either because i was kind of thinking why the hell does he live in the library but if he yeah. had been the bookworm from the first one exactly. it makes a little bit more sense so i feel but... like what they what they basically were trying to do is they were trying to make up for the problem they had in the first movie which they did him dirty as a kid and now as an adult they yeah. then were like right we need to give him loads of screen Still time so they added, yeah they added this kind of new bullshit story mm-hmm. and they're like see mike gets to do something now well 
it sucks because it was terrible so yeah it's a shame because they kind of he's the only character out of all of them i think i think all the characters for the losers club are the best version we could ever possibly have hoped for from the book Mm -hmm. except for mike you know he was definitely the worst one um which is Mm -hmm. a shame i think uh, um obviously we're in spoiler territory the yeah um stanley kind of um his demise it was a quick scene wasn't it very Um, quick yeah and I wonder if there's influences of kind of 13 reasons and the backlash of that and yeah. kind of thinking like, do we just do this quickly? Because you've got a death of a major character and, um, you know, it, without adding the deaths that Pennywise had to it, there wouldn't have been a lot in this movie and they really skirt over it quickly. And it's very yeah. impactful, but I really Is it thought though? it was Is gonna... it still as impactful? It's impactful because he's gone and he's dead. Like the the scene itself is not impactful, but the the loss in the movie is massively impactful. But I mm-hmm. wish that the moment on screen was better. Um, and it's not that I wanted it to be brutal or anything like that. It's just that um, I remember the I remember this scene from the Tim Curry and kind of like the influence of Pennywise, kind of. Um, you know, Stanley instantly rediscovering that fear and Pennywise coming to him in the yeah. like outside of Derry and kind of, you know, making him do what he did. And I think kind of um it just it just all happened so quickly and you don't really understand why. And then like I said, the fact that it happens means that you really feel that loss and you feel that sense of danger for them all, which mm. which carries the movie, but the the scene itself was a bit underwhelming i i completely agree with you where i think that they glossed over it so quickly and it was it was one of the bits that i was really looking forward to in this adaptation knowing how kind of brutal they'd done the georgie moment and all of that stuff where i was like oh i can't wait to see this and then when it happened and we see it for half a second i was kind of like wait is that it and i definitely got the sense of kind of the people watching it where i don't think you'd initially get that he actually was dead and so then when you get the phone call and there's the confirmation you're kind of like Hmm, this almost feels like an off-screen horror death where he's going to yeah. like come back and save the day. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't yeah. feel like they gave it the respect it deserved by actually Definitely. showing it enough. Definitely. I wonder um, I wonder if something there has, is on the cutting room floor and yeah. they looked at it and they're like that's an on-screen suicide. You're getting a rated R. You're getting 18. 100%. And like they didn't want to get that 18 rating and they 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 wanted to get it down. Um, yeah. Because you know, it's it's a rough scene to have to watch, and so it would get the rating up there. But I just think like it's an it's such an impactful scene that it was a bit of a shame it was glossed over. Mm. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else to add. Really, this this is an incredible movie. <laughs> no, Obviously I mean has, I'm happy to just keep talks, talking about but, it, man. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think that's I just want to watch it again. Like, um, <laughs> I'm surprised that it that it lived up to this hype as much as it did. You know, I was yeah, I was, that's got that excited, but like chapter one was you know a special movie for this podcast and a big movie for this podcast and kind of didn't think chapter two could live up to it and 100 percent have oh this exceeded all of my expectations for sure i i hoped that i would at least enjoy it because of how much i loved chapter one and so i thought i hoped that oh at least you know the sequel the second half of the story i'll enjoy um but i never expected it to be on par with the with the first one and for there to actually be a genuine discussion of like well which one's better you know there's Mm. there's pros and cons for both of them and as a it's a genuine discussion now as a like two-parter this has to be one of the best we've seen in horror in terms of like a two-film story i think it's Mm. incredible they just completely nailed it i think stephen king must be so happy not only for how much money this made but just a great 
realization of his of his work you know like yeah no, for, for right. as much as we bigged up and how much we liked the original kind of mini series i've i've been on on record saying many times i think you go back and watch it now and it's not a good film um and obviously it was like this tv movie and all this stuff but like especially the losers club man like i love tim curry in that movie but some of those performances of the losers club were oh horrific. the losers club suck like it um, is the, it's tim curry and just the story of it but like yeah. you know it's so but much this, better here, we I could think. have never have dreamed that the, you know when he wrote that book what 40 over 40 years ago at this point um yeah. he could never have dreamed that this would be a it, reality yeah you know it, it, and it reminds me of you know when the comic books were wrote in the 30s who would have thought that we'd get to end game in 2019 you know it's a, it's a special Madness, special thing um, over to you flanagan yes who's <laughs> in your court bro he's the only person that i could that i would trust to follow <laughs> up to this and almost he could even better it who knows um whoa Listen, he's going to bring do it. it on. <laughs> but that was our discussion of it, chapter two. We will take a short break and we'll be right back. So yeah, of course, you can always uh, contact us uh, on Twitter at shbpod, or if you want to sort of send us a longer email, it's superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Um, as we said at the start of the show, we've had a lot of correspondence the last few weeks, so thank you so much. Um, and we have gone a bit long on it because it was fantastic. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Cody, who sent us a very nice review of the movie. Um, we both mm. read it and I'm actually like, he basically could have been on the show because he almost yeah. agrees with all of our points in all honesty. Um, I would love to read his review, but quite frankly, we've pretty much said everything that he said. Um, yeah, it was funny because I did see his email and I really appreciate it as well, Cody, that you gave me the spoiler warning because yeah. I was reading that the day before we went and saw it. And the second you said spoilers, I was like, cheers, pal, uh, put it to one <laughs> side and literally read it at about one o'clock in the morning after we got out of it and i was like hell yeah we are on the same page yeah, definitely. He was just talking, obviously, the incredible cast. Um, he said that, obviously, the runtime could have been a, a bit short. And I think that I, I did want to point out the one thing that he did disagree on was that he did think the CGI was pretty bad in, at times, um, especially on the kids. Um, and so I definitely want to put that out there because, you know, people are saying that and it's a valid criticism. Um, obviously, for you, it wasn't an issue. And I think for me, it was a tiny issue. It's going to be one that I'm going to be I'm going to be looking for the next time. Yeah, um, I am too now, but which is a shame. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did not affect me to this time yeah but uh, but for sure thank you very much for that mm. one cody um and uh yeah j- just to sort of quickly before we wrap up obviously i teased it so long ago now this was like pre-fright <laughs> fest some things that i watched so just very briefly the, the tv show i watched was mindhunter um you've not watched this yet have you no yeah, so we'll probably have a longer discussion in the future, so I, I won't want to say too much about it, but I would just recommend it for sure to our listeners. Um, I had not seen it before. It started in 2017, season one, and was definitely a hit at the time. So a lot of people talking about it. And then kind of season two just launched uh, about a month ago now, um, and I kind of watched them back to back. And yeah, just loved it. Like if you're into that sort of thing, it's a very slow burn. Um, it's sort of, for people that don't know, it's focusing on the FBA, FBI unit, and I think it's like the 70s at the start. Yeah, I think um, that's it. when they kind of had that boom of serial killers and how to 
comp serial killers. Yeah, and they're basically they come up with uh, criminal um, profiling for the first time, which is it's weird when you first watch it and they're saying these obvious terms to us now because they literally coin the term serial killer and they basically say like, oh, should we shouldn't we interview people that are in prison that have done these horrible crimes to sort of understand why they did it? And obviously now that seems like such a ridiculous thing to say. Like, of course you want to understand, but back in the day it was just like, yeah, they're they're born crazy, they are crazy. Let's just let them rot in in jail, sort of thing um so it's it's amazing to see kind of the birth of that and it's based upon a book as well like the actual guy who did actually do this um and just one of the things i really like about it is that it pulls from so many different real life serial killers um but it does it in a very interesting way like it doesn't glorify kind of what they did and it doesn't ever show anything violent at all um but it is just more like learning about the profile in um but then it also pulls in different stuff like it is a fiction story at the end of the day like it's not a based upon facts so they are pulling from different stuff but they're also adding new stuff that you maybe you wouldn't see coming so yeah i I dig it amazing acting as well and yeah both seasons on netflix and i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm in definitely check that one out um and then yeah the movie the movies that i watched ages ago now i can't even remember i've I've watched about 20 movies um i watched the reanimator movies for the first time which people may be like what is wrong with you how have you not seen these before and listen i agree with you um Mm. (laughs) because well two of them anyway yeah, two of them. Yeah, I watched the third one. Complete waste of time. Don't watch that. Um, but the first two, it it was exactly when I watched Carrie. I had the exact same feeling. When you watch a movie for the first time that has such a reverence for decades and you watch it and you go, okay, I immediately understand yeah, I why everyone up. loves this. <laughs> like, because some of these movies, maybe they wouldn't be the best to go back to, you know, that people have a love mm. for. But like this definitely, along with Carrie, I have all the old movies I've watched recently for the first time. I'm like, this is still as good now as it was then. I think it's... The just... thing for us is with Reanimator, it is so Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. You know, it, it is so that that like mm. I, I just don't know how we hadn't latched on them sooner. No, it, it blows my mind. Really, I don't. I don't know how it wasn't something. It was never on our radar growing up or anything like that. But yeah, just tonally, I agree with you. It's very much in that Evil Dead style. Like, I love the kind of so proper acting that really adds this kind of gravitas to this crazy situation. Um, and all the acting was exceptional. And I, I loved them both, both of the first and second movie. Um, yeah, the first one was what was the Blu-ray company that released? Was it Second Sight mm, that released the? I uh, think so. I'm not sure. Uh, it is uh yes yeah, second sight um so second sight released the uk blu-ray and i, I want to give a shout out to this because obviously we talk about arrow a lot but i thought this was an exceptional restoration yeah. and it also had the exact bonus features i would want it had a commentary which i did listen to a bit of kind of through the fun scenes and it was great it was the director and the and the cast like barbara and jeffrey and just, oh, they really? were just having, brilliant yeah they were honestly you should watch it because they they're obviously watching the movie for the first time in a lot of years and they're just having a blast re-watching it like you can tell there there's some drinks flowing and they're just having a great time um is the exact type of commentary i want on an old movie so yeah i would highly recommend that um and then there was also the kind of you know the behind the scenes feature at the time and then also a look back on it now with the actors um so all of the extras were just top notch like i'd highly recommend the blu-ray as well and Mm. of course the movie is incredible um but yeah i loved them i as ones i'm definitely going to rewatch in the future as well even talking about it now i'm like man i want to see that talking head scene again yeah like i've not seen it in a while i want to see you know the second you're like he in the in the bride where he's just kind of reanimating things you're like we're gonna get a flying head in this movie yeah. a flying head a severed head and yeah we goddamn did it's it's great it's so good it's awesome yeah i loved yeah. everything about it it was amazing 
Oh, maybe um, maybe I'll get back to watching those instead of watching Puppet Master movies, man. I was going to say, have you have you watched anything? Or because we've been pretty busy with all the other stuff anyway. Obviously, we we picked up a lot of movies at Fright Fest. So have you been working your way through that yet, or not? Uh, no, because I'm just watching Puppet Master movies. Bro. <laughs> God damn it! I've watched three and four now. What's wrong with you? I found a way to be able to watch all of the Puppet Master movies because have they're you? all on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Are they really? All of them? Well, no, you have to have the Full Moon subscription, so I'm paying an extra £4 a month currently to watch what the, the Puppet hell Master is movies. the Full Moon subscription? You know, like the Arrow subscription, where yeah. they have their own subscription. Right. Well, Full Moon are the company that own apparently just a lot of porn and, <laughs> uh, and the Puppet Master franchise. Apparently, I don't know, I've not seen it. <laughs> well, they're all like these really sleazy looking movies. Yeah, go on. The, the Puppet Master franchise and the <laughs> Demonic Toys movie. <laughs> right. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to subscribe to this. Well, three birds with one stone, clearly. Exactly. Um, so I've now watched Puppet Master 3 and 4 and <laughs> right. I continue my descent into madness um these are now new puppet master movies for me i've i've seen one and two back in the day um so you hadn't seen three and four before no no so the, the third movie is set in uh nazi germany obviously <laughs> of course. um with toulon is there one with... set in space i hope so man um yeah. so in three and four the puppets aren't the bad guys which Great. is weird so Toulon is basically trying to escape from Nazi Germany and the puppets are helping him in Puppet Master 3. Right. And it's kind of, it's a 10 minute backstory in a Puppet Master movie that you would enjoy and they've turned it into a feature. <laughs> right. um, that sounds and, like a Puppet Master movie. Yeah, and, and so that's a perfect Puppet Master movie. <laughs> um, part four is, um, at this point, I mean, they had, uh, I mean, these movies are all low budget, but there's like a shift that these have gone to TV movie um, because they have the ad break kind of mime scenes in them that you can kind of tell. Um, And I've been reading up on it that part four and part five were originally going to be shot as one film. And then they decided to just split it into two and like make two films. And so I don't know whether there's cast that are in five that were in four. I don't know. Um, But it's the last of like the core numbered, movies after five i start to get into batshit names um i'm gonna have to like google the right order to watch them (laughs) in at that point basically yeah um but i'm continuing the road and like i'm not hating my time they're short and and i just enjoy seeing the puppets man and like seeing them like move around and have fun but i there's (laughs) there's there's a massive like lack of deaths and kills in these movies that is <laughs> how much are you regretting just, this decision at this point i mean i don't know, I'm, I'm regretting it a bit but i'm, I'm in for the ride now i just feel like how it's something I should, I should say that i've done there's like 10 11 right something like that i mean i can't I think, say i respect it but i don't really know what what i can say about it to be honest i mean it's, it's a journey that i feel like i need to go down you know i, I went down this journey with hellraiser a, a franchise that i loved at the beginning way more and by the end of it it killed my soul this yeah. is killing my soul less because it always kind of sucked anyway yeah um, i was gonna say i don't think just, any puppet master comes close to the first two hellraiser movies. oh no not not no no not fucking <laughs> prayer but it's just um <laughs> You know, I really want like a killer toy movie, I think post child's mm. play, and I wanted to see more stuff like that. So, hence why I've gone down this rabbit hole. But yeah, it's not a great choice, but I'm going to see it out. And I'm yeah. going to continue to um, 
continue to share my share my descent into madness on the podcast because if i'm not sharing it on the podcast why the fuck am i doing it yeah i mean it's totally something i mean I'll, i'm glad i'm watching reanimator movies for the first time while you're watching uh, those films yeah um, i did watch satan's blade which is one of my blu-ray pickups from right. uh, fright fest it was a good time yeah it was a good time it wasn't it wasn't fantastic <laughs> but it's um it's kind of like a, a a very low budget slasher movie but one of the things that i enjoyed the most on this was the making uh, one of the features on it right which is basically like the director years later like you know 40 years later or whatever sitting down and talking about the film and he randomly just brings out the film reels and he just has them still nice. and like opens them up and shows the original like 35 millimeter film of it all and he's he's an absolute madman he's just got all of these props and and he teases like oh i'm thinking of going back into the film business satan's blade 2 i'm like no one wants that mate <laughs> and you don't even want this like and it was a great time i think he wants it but i don't think anyone's I, gonna pay for that <laughs> i don't know whether he does yeah he was like teasing like i don't know when this blu-ray came out i think it was like 2016 and he was like look for me on kickstarter in 2016 yeah. too. i'm like that's that's not that never happened pal mm. <laughs> even kickstarter was like now nah, this sounds fake yeah <laughs> but yeah it did make me laugh the movie was fine it was one of these ones that kind of just has this bit of charm to it and it was it was the most low budget thing you can watch but it's <laughs> it's just kind of this you know fun time for horror movies back then and it just kind of yeah, it wasn't special, but I still I, it has its moments. Yeah, I, the only one I've rewatched, uh, the one I picked up at Fright Fest was Mega Time Squad. Um, okay, nice. Obviously, we covered last year, and yeah, it was just it was just a fun, goofy time. You, I kind of forgot how dumb that movie was when you watch it. Oh, um, dumb, it? I need to watch yeah. it again. It's really it's so dumb and silly, but it, I also respect it because of obviously its uses of kind of the multiple actors playing different characters. It is like actually oh, you fucking love time good. travel, man. Like yeah, the second that comes into it, you're a sucker for it. That's like me <laughs> with post-apocalyptic yeah. stuff. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was a, it and was apparently a good puppets. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, obviously the next few weeks we have got some very interesting stuff. Should we should we tease next week? Let's do, do it. it? Yeah, so obviously we there's a lot on the horizon, some different Fright Fest movies, um, and hopefully we're going to be seeing one that was definitely one of the ones that we were so disappointed that we couldn't watch at this year's festival, um, is The Barge People, um, which is a UK-based horror movie. Mm. Um, and yeah, hopefully we're going to be discussing that next week, so we'll let you know all about it next week, kind of ticked, all the details about it. It ticked all the boxes going in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we do have uh, Creep Show, which is starting on Shudder as well. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about that in the coming weeks for sure, because that's gonna be very interesting. Um, and then yeah, like obviously we discussed in the news that there's there's new releases coming out all the time. So cannot next, wait. Like next even though week cinema is our preview special. Yeah, even though cinema-wise, it's going to be... I don't even know if we'll cover anything in the cinema before Doctor Sleep at this point, because I know Zombieland's coming out, but neither of us really care about it. Um, and with the amount of on-demand stuff keeping us busy right now... Oh, ready or not, we... we'll, be, we'll go for the cinema Oh, for yeah, I keep forgetting yeah. about that, because that's in a couple of weeks, isn't mm. it? Yeah, God, there's yeah, so pumped, much coming I'm out. For ready or not. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might have to do two a week, because there is a lot coming out. Um, I mean, we did we did ten last week, bro. <laughs> yeah, should we do another ten? <laughs> we easily could. <laughs> um it, listen the listeners loved it so we'll just keep churning them out for you guys um but yeah that was episode 160 where we talked about it chapter two uh thank you so much for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't mainly be
Because I never could And how could I start that?